Welcome to Canvas Church. You are listening to our weekly celebration service message. Thank you for tuning in. That was fun. That was super fun. By the way, my wife made that video. Super talented lady over there. Hey, it was an amazing experience. And Pastor Ben already mentioned this, but the giving that took place of your time, your resources made the difference. Not a student missed out on camp because of you guys, because of what you gained. It's absolutely amazing. And as you heard, like that's a fragment of what transpired throughout this week. It was absolutely incredible. And right now I wanna take a moment to honor Andrew, the guy that was up here worshiping. Yo. I got to hear this guy worship twice a day throughout this entire week. How privileged am I? But I I just wanted to tell you, I want to look you in the eye, and I want to thank you so much because the ramifications of what you did throughout this week are eternal. They're eternal ramifications. It's not about the emotions, the highs, and just worshiping. What you did changed eternities, and I thank you for it. Absolutely incredible experience. Just a little bit of a heads up. Your boy's a little tired. I'm super excited. I am super excited, but it's been a full week. It's been a full few months. So I am teetering between absolute excitement and delirium. So if you see my knees get a little weak, it could be the spirit and the quality of the message. Or I'm just tired of holding up my body weight. Okay, it's real out here. It is real out here. But revival, it has been an incredible, an incredible series. We've been going at it for three months. I want you guys to make note of the fact that as soon as this message is over, that doesn't mean revival is over. Okay, we are still in it. It is something that we get to partake in and we will continue to do so. But on that mountaintop, Cedar Lake, revival transpired. Like, for realsies. Like, 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 for real, okay? The spirit was flowing. There was an incredible move of God, words of prophecy, words of knowledge. We were laying hands on people. People were being healed. The gifts of the spirit were flowing. And you know, if you've ever been to a youth camp, you know it's like typically maybe the last night, last couple nights, or maybe it's just in the evening that you're like, oh my gosh, I I felt the move. It was incredible. But it was every time we came together, every time, like every time we came together, the first evening was insane. It was insane, and it proceeded from there. It was an absolutely incredible experience as we tasted and partook in revival. Not only that, what assured it for me was one of our more reserved leaders that are associated with a different church. Um, She was trying to earn some points for her team because although we worship, we go at it, the competition is fierce. It's real, okay? She was trying to earn some points for her team, so she ate a whole orange skin intact. Skin intact, and if you've ever been to Costco, that's the type of orange we got. It was insane, and she only got like 5,000 points. And you know what? For context's sake, you can get 5,000 points for being nice. It wasn't much, okay? But that was evidence that there is a renewed interest in the things of God, if you ask me. That was absolutely incredible. It was special. The, the occasion was awesome. We are off the mountaintop, but we will proceed. 
we will proceed. Today, I wanna to talk about the fact that revival is a choice. Revival is a choice, and I love how in sync, how in sync God is right now, how intentional he's being. I want you guys to open up Acts 2. We're gonna be reading verses 37 through 44. And obviously, with testimonies and everything, we're, we might be running a little late. He's, he's giving me a simple message, but raise your hand if you'll give me an extra five minutes. Five minutes, five, 10, 15, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Hey, it's been a dream of mine. Hello. I did it, Mom. I did it. <laughs> My mom is literally here, by the way. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> okay, so Acts 2, 37 through 44. And if you guys need paper notes, go ahead and raise your hand. We got one in the back, my back right. Okay. And it reads, well, let me give you a little context first. Day of Pentecost, incredible. People in the upper room waiting for the spirit to move. He came, people speaking in tongues, head on fire. People assumed that they were drunk. Peter was like, nah, bro, it's the third hour. Maybe you catch me the 10th hour, eh, we'll see. But it's only the third hour. This is a move of God. And he proceeded to preach the gospel and remind people of the prophecy of the move of the Spirit. And he also told them, hey, you know the guy the, the, that we said was the only begotten son, essentially, you killed him. That was, that was Christ. Great job, guys, great job. And we pick up at verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for all that you've accomplished up to this point. And this week alone, Father God, thank you for the series. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us that revival is something that we get to partake in. I pray, Lord, that this morning you inspire, you've already done it, and you bring to completion what you've started. We love and appreciate you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. I'm surprised to have a voice, guys. When he texted me about two months ago, hey, you want to preach after camp? I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, convenient. <laughs> this dude's crazy. So I just said yes, whatever. It's all good. Okay, so we're going to hop right into it, guys. Revival is a choice. Revival is a choice. It just popped up at me as I was reading, and it says, so those who received his word, so those who received his word, and as I was reading that, I realized not everybody received Peter's words. Not everybody received. And I'm just, I'm absolutely blown away by that fact because as we read this scripture, what picture do you have in your mind? 
as people are speaking in tongues, the power of the Holy Spirit, this is the initial moment. This is the first moment where the Holy Spirit introduces himself into the lives of those that commit themselves to him. It's incredible. There's power. It's tangible. You can see it. You can hear it. You can feel it. And yet it is only those that received his word. It's insane. It is insane. We oftentimes give ourselves too much credit. We read that and we're like, yeah, of course I would have said yes. Of course I would have repented and then got baptized and I would have been in the family of Christ. Of course, but there's a significant population, portion of that population, in my opinion, that did not receive the words of Peter. That is because revival is a choice. You can be in the presence of revival, and please believe if you are looking at me, hearing my voice, whether you're in my presence online, you are in the presence of revival right now. You absolutely are. It is an unquestionable thing. It is here now, okay? So if you've had questions throughout this, uh, this series, and you're like, oh, this lofty idea, this magical term of revival, I can't necessarily see it or feel it. I'm telling you, I'm affirming right now in Jesus' name that you are in the presence of revival. You are in the presence of revival, but nonetheless, it is a choice. And I felt as if there were a few things that were necessary for us to choose revival. Number one being Revival means choosing faith. Can everybody say choosing faith? Amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. And it's pretty, it seems pretty apparent as to what that scripture means and how essential faith is because we constantly talk about it within the church. But I wanna break it down because I'm a very simple man. I wanna break it down a little bit for, further. So again, it is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. So when I see someone operating in faith, I picture proceeding, continuing to move forward despite the state of circumstance or fulfillment as if it already is. I'm gonna say that again. Proceeding, continuing to move forward despite your circumstances or the fulfillment of your desires. Proceeding forward as if it already is. And if we're being honest, it is a challenging thing. It's a difficult thing to do when we have no evidence in our environment to help support our desires or the promise that we believe is attainable or God has promised is in our possession. It can be challenging. However, it is something that we're called to do because it is what pleases God. It is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to please him without faith. So when we think about a young person, a young man choosing to live his life purely in purity, believing that a woman will be appointed to him at the perfect time, that's faith. That's faith, especially today, considering the access to the world that we have. When you think about a woman who has had multiple miscarriages, continuing to pray, to dive into God and say, God, I know this promise will be fulfilled, that is faith. When you think about 
leaving a circle, friendships, because they don't add value to you. This is, these have been your people for a long time, but you know that God has promised a tribe that will attribute value to you and it will affirm your purpose. That takes faith. It absolutely takes faith. In this moment, when they're hearing Peter speak, despite the evidence of the Spirit of God, they still have to make a choice. They have to choose faith. And I know that a lot of us say, I gotta see it to believe it. I gotta see it, I gotta see it right in front of me to believe it. That is not the truth, okay? That is not necessarily the truth. We still have to discern the situation and we have to make our choice, our choice. And it also says at the very top, verse 37, they were cut to the heart. They were cut to the heart. What that means essentially was in this moment, as they were hearing Peter, their soul and their spirit was separated. What does your soul consist of? It's your mind, your will, and emotions. It's carnal. Your spirit, it desires the things of God. In this moment, it's separate. It's separate. They can discern the truth for what it is, but they still have to make a choice. Although they were cut to the heart, we don't always respond to conviction the way that we should. You want to know how I know this? Some of you guys have a little crook in your neck. Right now, in this room, some of you have a crook in your neck, and you know why? Because you're on the road, somebody's driving crazy, and guess what you do? You're rolling, you're rolling, you're about to pull up next to them, you're like, God, help me not look at this person sideways right now, Lord. I know, I know we've talked about it before, God, but I feel your spirit on me right now. I can resist the temptation to turn, God. I'm so tired of it. I know, I know, I know, Father God, they have mental faculties that are off, Lord. They are deficient in so many areas, Lord. And you know what? I'm going to resist the temptation to turn, but at the same time, God, I want to see what stupid looks like, Lord. I, I can't. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, Lord, and we turn, and that's why you got the crook in your neck right now. But there is a, there's another, there's another, there's a special person up in here. I think it's a person. You're the type of guy to not just go 90%. You go like 110, 120. You're looking out the back of the driver's side window. You need help. <laughs> You need help. I don't know who you are right now. You're not smiling. I know that for sure. You need help. You need prayer. When we have the altar call, you better come up. We're going to sign you up for a therapy appointment, okay? You absolutely need help. But even in that moment, even in that moment, we experience conviction, yet we have a decision to make, and we have to choose faith. We have to choose faith. Can everybody say, choose faith? Point two, this is essentially... A 1A, 1B situation. Revival means doing something. Doing something. Doing something. This makes me think of the Sample family. Incredible individuals, just doers. Just doers. Special people with uh, an amazing, diverse skill set, and they are constantly doing. They understand the value of being the hands and the feet of God. It's an amazing thing. It really is. And it reads in James 2.17, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Is dead. So it's great. Cool. You believe. You have faith. You're right here. 
but it's necessary for us to proceed. It's necessary for us to move forward. It's essential. It is essential that we work because faith is cool and all, but without works, it is dead. It is dead. And I know I used to struggle with this because God, he's sovereign, right? He's sovereign. However, there is the human responsibility. There is the human responsibility. There's something that changed my life years ago when I realized that God actually wants me to participate in the fulfillment of my prayers. I'm going to say that one more time because that was fire. Oh, knees weak. God wants me <laughs> to participate in the fulfillment of my prayers. And that just makes me think of this room. Guys, this is a miracle. The fact that we are up in here right now approaching the two-year mark, I believe, of being in this building, it is an absolute miracle. And yes, Pastor Ben, Katie, ELT, the servants of Kevin's church, they called upon people to pray. Intercede. We want this building. We believe it is for us. We believe that God has this for us. But that wasn't it. There was some footwork that was necessary. So although we're down here on our knees, God, you're sovereign, you're good, you're awesome, your plan is incredible, and I accept it. However, after that prayer is done, we get to work. We stand up and we get to work. And what does work look like? It is super inconvenient sometimes. You know how many people this man had to call? This guy reaching out to the Association of Related Churches. This guy hitting up people personally. I don't know this stuff specifically. We haven't talked about it. But I assume, like, he's, he's done some work. The people on this team have done some work. They did the footwork. They made a budget and stuck to it extremely because this ain't cheap. You know what I mean? <laughs> and guess what? Because of the faith, the prayer, and the works, God made a way. God made a way. And again, as great as prayer is, as effective as it is, as powerful as it is, without works, it is dead. It is dead. So we have to choose to do something. We have to choose to do something. And this is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I promise you, just give me a little bit more time. It's such a powerful scripture. It's so powerful. He both gives you the desire. It is not your own. He gives you the desire. And then he gives you the power to fulfill that desire, to see it through, to see it to completion. It's incredible. It is. There's so many of us, however, sitting in this room right now, we have the desire and we're waiting for the power. And we're waiting for the power. We have the desire, we've had the passing thought, someone has spoken to us concerning an area that we can serve, something that we can do with our life, and then we're like, oh man, that's great, desire's there, where's the power? God does not provide the power for those that are on the sidelines, he provides the power for those that are on the front lines. So what that looks like, front lines, I'm here, I am proceeding in my faith to, despite the state of circumstances, despite unfulfilled promises or desires, whatever the case, I am continuing to proceed. But with every step I take, I am being provided the power necessary to fulfill the task at hand. Knees weak. 
Wow. Again, I don't know if that was, I think that was body weight. It's so important for us to take note of this because we're waiting on the sideline and we're just like, where is it? Where is the inspiration, God? It's right there, but you have to take those steps. You have to take those steps. He provides the power for those that are on the front lines. And yes, you can feel the empowerment through our prayer. It says, let your requests be made known to God so that the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your minds and your hearts through Christ Jesus. Prayer is essential. Do that. Do that by yourself. Do it amongst others. It is essential. But peace and power are different. Peace and power are different. I believe that peace allows us to feel whole personally, but power allows for us to be useful corporately. God wants to mobilize. I, and that's, that's the, if you don't take anything else from this message, God wants to mobilize you. We have to choose to do something. So in this season of your life, what is your something? It's time to ask that question and it's time to answer it. What is your something? What is your something? For some of us here, man, getting my butt to church is all the grace that I've been afforded. That's all the grace I've been afforded. And that's okay. It's essential that we don't compare ourselves to other people and the grace that is available to us. This is all I have right now, but there are some of you that are itching. The coffee tastes different this morning. Dang, the way that Dana greeted me, is she having a bad week? <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Ben's not wearing a collared shirt. What is happening? If that's you, it's time to, it's time to serve. If that is you, if you start, when you start nitpicking, it is, that's essentially God saying, hey, I want you to be a solution. Okay? Hey, straight up. I don't know. Maybe one of you guys are like a tailor up in here. Have a conversation with Pastor Ben when this is all done and like measure the dude, okay? Hook him up. Hook a men's warehouse, anybody? You know what I mean? Make it happen, okay? If you are nitpicking, if you are itching, if you're talking about the people in the parking lot, whatever the case, you are called to be a solution. You are called to be the hands and the feet of the church, of the church. Do something. Hey, hey, hey. Revival is available and it's, 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 it is. I'm tired. You better stop it right now. That's a body weight. And it is accessible to you. It is accessible to you. You got to do something, though. You got to do something. Whether you're serving in the kids' ministry and worship team, you guys can come up. Whether you're serving in kids, whether you are greeting, you're in the parking lot, whatever, whether it's time for you to take that next level of exercising your faith and start giving. What, whatever it is, and again, maybe it's just showing up to church. It's time for you to do something. Do something. Guys, you will be blessed by someone else's yes. If you're in this room, and you don't choose revival, if you don't want it, if you don't believe for it, if you don't agree with it, that's fine. That's fine. You will be blessed by the ripple effect of other people's yes. 
Or, or you can be an individual that creates that ripple effect. You have a choice. You have a choice. And my last point, Revival means choosing instruction over feelings. Instruction over feelings, isn't it? Right? Golly, God was just like, yo, I'm gonna hook you up first time around, bro. Second time, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, they ask, what shall we do? Brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized. That's your instruction right now. That's what we got. For those of you that are like, I don't know where to go, the indecisive people, oh, Chick-fil-A or Chipotle after church. Okay, Chick-fil-A's not open. Guys, come on, dude. Come on, guys. I'm not the only person that poses the question nonetheless. But we're just like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I need, I need God to affirm my direction and my decision. Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? God's already given you instruction, dude. Stop it. God's given you instruction. That person that you call a parent that you choose when you do or don't listen to, maybe God is speaking through them. You know what I mean? And all my parents said, amen. I'm over here. I'm over here. Like, that's fire. The last time you read the word and it said, don't do that, that is your instruction. Me, this random dude that you've never seen before in your life, telling you to choose revival, choose faith, do something, listen to instruction over your feelings. That is your instruction. That's what, that's, but God's like, bro, bro, I told you. I told you. I already said something. Start listening. That's it. Instruction over your feelings. I want you to know, guys, right now, that feelings are beginning to supersede everything. We're just becoming this emotion-led culture. How you feel is the most important thing. Feelings are coming against the scriptures, the truth, God's word. Feelings are compromising morality. Feelings are even beginning to supersede empirical research, data that's been collected over a span of years that we use to help our population exist and function. Feelings are superseding basic reasoning now. I heard recently, crazy, crazy, that they want to refer to mothers giving birth as birthing people because suggesting that they are a mother is a little too intrusive. While, while a human being is coming out of them. What you mean, bro? What do you mean? And what's next? We gonna ask dude that pops out, hey, hey, you're a boy or girl, buddy. You're, you're a boy or girl. What, what, are, what are you? Bro, can I breathe? I just got out here, okay? I just got here. Can I breathe? <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, yo, we may have lost like 10 members just now. <laughs> Instruction over feelings, we, when we're led by them, it's destruction. It results in destruction. Destruction, 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 chaos, chaos. 
chaos. Me right now, filled with the Holy Spirit and power, fantastic. After service, boom, let's talk, let's shake hands, let's, you know, let's have some fun. Monday, however, tomorrow, I don't want any human interaction. I've been hanging out with almost 200 people. I'm over here preaching. I'm gonna be tired, okay? I cannot function and live based on my beliefs and my feelings. I can't, I can't afford that because the priority of Christ will be diminished. The priority that is Christ will be diminished. I cannot choose revival, commit myself to it if I am led by my feelings. We have to choose faith choose to do something and choose instruction over your feelings. Guys, this is revival. This is revival. This is revival. So if I can get some, uh, some of the youth leaders, ELT up here, um, some of the small group leaders in position to pray for people, I'm not sure. I am not sure who this speaks to. I believe it speaks to all of us. It speaks to me. Um, but it's time. Guys, it's time. It's time. It's time. Let's not wait for next week. Let's not wait for this to sit and settle and for us to confirm it again through our situations, circumstances, evidence present in our environment, our relationships. Don't wait for that. This, in this moment, is truth not just in word, but in power. It's time. Be part of the revival or be blessed by it. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. It's up to you. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you made the Holy Spirit available to us, Lord, to inspire us, empower us, to be the hands and the feet of the church. Wow, what an opportunity. Not a burden, but an opportunity. Father God, I pray for, um, for, you, to, for you to cut the heart, Lord. Cut the heart. Separate the soul and the spirit, Father God. Allow for those that are familiar and unfamiliar with you, Lord, to be able to decipher between what is true and what is a lie. I pray that we see you in clarity right now. We are excited for what you've accomplished and we are excited for what is to come. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. So, whether you want prayer, need prayer, we are supposed to do it without ceasing. So I suggest coming up. Andrew's still really awesome, as well as Kirsten, you know what I mean? So come up, worship. Get your, kid, get your kids if you have some, and then come back and worship. You guys are awesome. Thank you for being here. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, please visit our website at www.canvaschurchsd.com.